Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, September 18th. It's five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too. Casey Daniels 317. We're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Coming up this hour, we've got your voicemails. We're going to hear from you. We'll also talk about the latest with Tim Ballard. He is the hero from the Sound of Freedom movie, the, uh, the main guy that that movie is based on. But first, let's start off with Donald Trump, shall we? He was on uh, Meet the Press with the new host, Kristen Welker. How about that for a get for her, right? She takes over from Chuck Todd, and her very first interview is with Donald Trump. That, uh, I mean, that's quite a big thing for her to get him, get some eyeballs. If you're Trump, why would you do this? What, What is the, like, what is the gain for Trump. I know what the loss is, and we're about to play it here in this segment. Mm-hmm. But what is the gain for Donald Trump? You're, and, I, and I think if you're a Republican primary voter, you do have to give yourself pause because Trump claims, well, I won't do the debate because I'm winning by so much that I can only go down. So wait a second. You won't do a debate with other Republicans, mm-hmm. but you will go on super left NBC. Well, if the thing is, I'm so far ahead, it doesn't matter what I do. Okay, we can accept or reject that on its face. But you're going on television. Mm-hmm. You're 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 telling me you'll be accountable to far left NBC, but you won't stand on a stage with other people who are competing against you and answer their questions. I don't know that that rubs me the the wrong way. Maybe you look at that and don't see any problem with it. But to me, it's like, what are our priorities here. Do you think this is an ego thing with Donald Trump, as most things are, that he wanted to be the first guest with the new host on Meet the Press? Do you think anybody's like, oh my gosh, there's a new host on Meet the Press. I must go watch whatever underachiever they've chosen this time. Tim Russert has been dead since, is it 2008? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been one loser after another. It's That's not even a... There was a time, Casey, where, yes, hey, you know, so-and-so is taking over Meet the Press, and their first interview is with fill-in-the-blank. And that was a big—nobody's watching these shows anymore other than the people that are super engaged politically, and half the audience has been totally chased away from that they once had because they're so far bent to the left. Well, it was a pre-taped interview, and do you think that he gave the go-ahead after— the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry into Biden, like he's thinking, okay, now NBC's ready to play ball. Yeah, but what's the old saying, Casey? If if your opponent is, uh, what's the old saying? If your opponent is shooting themselves in the foot, don't stand in their way. I mean, I'm totally butchering that. But the premise of it is, if the person you're against is having all these self-inflicted wounds, don't stand up and say anything. Just let them keep shooting. Yeah, just let them go with I, it. I don't, I don't know. It just, it just really, really bothers me that he will not do these debates because that's about accountability, yet he will go on someplace like NBC that has burned him in the ass so many times. I feel like maybe he thinks that he can direct the conversation when it's a one-on-one But he interview. never does. No, he It he never didn't. goes the way he wants it to, and he will not learn. So it was his first broadcast network interview since he left office. So again, I think that's a good uh, get for her and don't know what it does for him. But in it, he talks that he might pick a woman as his 24 running mate, and he specifically called out South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. 
Mr. President, have you thought about a potential running mate if you were to win the nomination? I like not to think too much about that. Uh, you always do a little bit, but I, I really don't think it's time I want to win. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting about running mates. Uh, when you get down to a vice president, they said no, nobody's ever made that kind of a difference. It's still about the person that's going to be president. Are you it's an leaning, important decision. Are you leaning toward a woman? I like the concept, but we're going to pick the best person. But lot, I do like the concept, yes. A lot of people noticed when Governor Nome endorsed you, there were Trump Nome signs. Do you have her, your eye on her? I do. I think she's fantastic. She's been a great governor. She gave me a very uh, full-throated endorsement, a beautiful endorsement, actually. And, uh, you know, it's been a very good state for me. Yeah. And uh, certainly she'd be one of the people I'd consider or for something else, maybe. But we have a lot of people. We have a, a lot of great people in the Republican Party. You yeah, like you heard it too, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> you, you like sure did. Words. Okay, so this came out, and then just moments later, news starts swirling around Christy Nome and a possible alleged affair that she had with a former Trump advisor. With friend of the show, Corey Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may actually have that piece of audio of Corey Lewandowski also saying what a great guy I am. I am. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll try to find that uh, here during the break. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone said I'm a great guy at one of point or another. <laughs> of course. They all say that. So, I don't know. Has she lost her chance possibly to be on that uh, ticket? No, or does Trump even care about that? No. And the vice president, for the most part, doesn't matter. I mean, when was the last time a vice president mattered? You'd probably have to say Johnson and Kennedy, 1960, Texas. I think you could safely say Johnson delivered Texas for Kennedy, which that and all the dead people voting in Cook County gave him the presidency. But for the most part, I mean, when, I mean, if I'm not saying this to be facetious or flippant, can you tell me another time since 1960 that the vice president in a single state or states plural mm-hmm. delivered? for the, the candidate that won them the election. Well, why did he pick Pence? He picked Pence not because of a state. He picked Pence because Trump had a huge issue with, he felt, securing evangelicals and kind of the traditional wing of the Republican Party. And Pence brought some sort of reassurance to Trump that he was going to get that. Now, I don't think that won him the presidency. I don't think it would have mattered. That's why he made the pick, though. I mean, it's one thing to say, well, hey, I'm going to have a balancing act. But it's it's another thing to say, well, I'm picking this person because they will deliver fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And what's Christy Nome going to deliver? Possibly, (laughs) possibly. Well, we know that, don't we? Possibly uh, suburban women who like the idea of a female vice president again. Okay, so she uh, goes on during this Meet the Press interview. She asked Donald Trump what he sees when he sees his mugshot. Mr. President, tell me what you see when you look at your mugshot. I see somebody that loves this country in me, that loves this country. I see tremendous unfairness. I think very few people would have able, been able to handle what I handled. So he's been using this, uh, you know, the indictments for his campaign. Yeah. It, it helps him because every time all summer long, more indictments rolled out, his numbers went up. So he's just going to continue to use that. All right. Let's get to, I think, the most important part mm. of this interview. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have said Trump should not do interviews. It never ends well for him, even if it's not the left that's attacking him. 
he says something that needlessly alienates people. And I will tell you what, Casey, I have seen such a, and again, I, I understand social media, not real life, right? The internet doesn't vote. But I have seen such a backlash from people who have previously been Trump supporters. I don't know if you'd call them loyalists, but people who have you know, stood up for the president over the statement that he made about abortion. Mm -hmm. And look, is it going to cost him 30, 40 points so that he doesn't win? No, probably not. But what you are doing is you are needlessly creating hard feelings because you're not winning anything over his statement on abortion. So he was asked about these other states who have created these these heartbeat bills, for lack of a better term, Florida. I think Ohio has one. We basically have it here in, in Indiana. I don't think they called it that. But saying we're going to protect life from the moment you can detect a heartbeat, which I think any decent, morally decent person would say that's a good idea because that's a life and you shouldn't kill it. Listen to this answer Trump gives. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. He doesn't clarify his own opinion, his own position, but why is it a terrible thing that Ron DeSantis did? And I think you don't want to try to put words in Trump's mouth. That's an incredibly dangerous thing. There is an argument to be made by people who say, well, you don't have the votes for this right now, and it's such a controversial topic, and if you don't have the votes to go forward with a national ban or heartbeat bill or whatever you want to call it, then you're just wasting needless political capital, and that could be used somewhere else, and you're just alienating people who otherwise might be on your team. Oh, so now Trump is concerned about needlessly alienating people who otherwise might be on his team. And when it comes to life and the sanctity of life, there is no more important issue, Casey. Do you think he lost the evangelical vote by saying that? Are they going to turn on him now? It, the, well, the excuse squad is interesting with Trump. My wife and I were talking about this last night. The people who continue, no matter what Trump does, no matter what he does, the we've already talked about you know, the COVID stuff, it's said the Fauci, the printing of the money, the, de the debts, the deficit. I mean, they will excuse his behavior. And there are people now who are excusing this. Mm -hmm. And when you... There, there is no important issue than the issue of life, because if we don't have life, none of the rest of this stuff matters. And even if your ultimate position, and Trump knows this better than anybody else, even if your ultimate position isn't a heartbeat bill, if you start there, then you can negotiate something that is markedly better than what we have today. But you're not going to get that unless you start with a hardline position. He knows that. He's a negotiator. That's what he spent his whole life doing. He's saying this because he doesn't want to deal with it, and he thinks it's a headache. He thinks protecting innocent babies, innocent life is a headache. He's been called the most pro-life president ever, and he did switch his tune back in 2011 because he used to be he used to support abortion rights, and then he wanted to run for president, and he knew that wasn't going to fly, so he changed his tune. Now he's saying that he would sit down with both sides and negotiate a deal on abortion that would result in, quote, peace on that issue for the first time in 52 oh, years. Okay, so let's just like, like let's just play this out, Casey. Okay, let's just use kind of like real world examples of people who we know okay so he claims he's going to negotiate a deal how the hell is trump going to negotiate a deal between micah beckwith and destiny wells mm. what sort of dealio are you going to negotiate with those two where people? they can both agree 
There is no agreement on this. Right. Either you are for sucking the brains out of a defenseless fetus or you are not. There is no middle ground on this. There is no come together on this. Either you're for it or you're against it. And in the case of Micah Beckwith or someone like him, you have somebody who is for life. And in the case of Destiny Wells, you have somebody who is for abortion from conception to live birth. What's the middle ground there, Casey? He's so full of it. Okay, so Trumps have made it real clear. Democrats have made it real clear that they're going to use his role in Roe v. Wade against him and when he says stuff like that I think it just makes it worse I I almost feel like he was trying to just rip on DeSantis he is but it didn't come out right he is and yes he deserves a lot of credit for putting three justices on there who were integral in the overturning of Roe versus Wade which will save countless lives he absolutely deserves credit but then it's like you know what it's like it's like Shreve with Hogsett and the gun and the gun violence you had a freebie it was yours. It was free parking. It was, you know, if you're playing Monopoly, like just keep going and playing the game. This one's yours. We've given it to you. Nah, nah, I don't want that one. And in the case of Shreve, comes out with this stupid, ridiculous gun proposal that totally pissed everybody off who otherwise should have been just slam dunk voters. It's the same thing with Trump. You already had those people because of appointing those judges who did this thing that people really like. And now you're flushing that down the toilet by saying you're not for protecting life. It is 18 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So last week uh, we reminded you that Mitt Romney said he's not running for re-election. And there's a new guy coming out who's saying, pick me. And we'll tell you who it is coming up from 93 WIBC. But it ain't me, B. No. seriously considering it. 22 minutes after 10 is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You know how much trouble I've gotten in over the years, Casey, for quote, seriously, seriously considering, considering things? <laughs> that could be the answer for anything. I'm seriously considering it. I'll think about it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so we're talking about Tim Ballard and he is the guy who was the basis for the movie Sound of Freedom. Yes. He's the former DS, DHS agent that that movie was based off of. Now, for those of you who don't know, that was a movie. It stars Jim Caviezel. Caviezel plays him in the movie. Jim mm-hmm. Caviezel, of course, Passion of the Christ, played played Jesus in Passion of the Christ. It was this upstart, I think, well, like like crowdfunded, basically, movie. And it has it beat all sorts of super, it beat Indiana Jones. I think it beat the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. I mean, a, well over $100 million at the box office. It costs like whatever it was, 10 or $14 million to make. And it, this, is this movie about human trafficking mm-hmm. in America and around the world. So he's the founder of Our Rescue, and he's the real-life guy, not the actor from the movie, but the real-life guy. And he says that he will likely run for the Senate seat in Utah. Because we uh, reminded you last week, Mitt Romney said he's not going to run for re-election, so there will be an open seat in 25. And Tim Ballard is saying, yeah, he's very seriously considering it. So Utah's a very interesting state in the sense of they, they have a very... I don't know if independent streak is the right word, but like, for example, that Evan McMullen weirdo that ran in, was it 2020 against, in the, on, as an independent, um, or maybe it was 2016. Anyway, he got a whole bunch of votes. Utah was very close by the time it got split. Trump ultimately won. And so their senators right now are super weird because you've got Mike Lee, who is one of the most conservative members of the U.S. Senate. And then you've got Romney, who is this carpet-bagging, disingenuous clown who 
is not even from Utah, literally moved there to run for Senate and is super liberal. So, look, it's kind of like replacing Holcomb. I don't really like any of these people who are running for governor here, but other than Chambers and Suzanne, the rest of them would be a huge upgrade because it couldn't be any worse. Kind of the same thing here, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody would be better than Romney. So I was curious because you mentioned, you know, Romney being carpetbagger, Romney born in Michigan, spent much of his life in Massachusetts, yes, and then great. all of a sudden became a senator for Utah. Think about Romney's life real quick, Casey. He was most noted because his father was governor of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like Michigan was his home state. Yeah. Then he moves to Massachusetts to become the governor there, Mm -hmm. then runs for president, loses, and then magically finds his way out to Utah. When I talk about professional office hopper, this is exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) See Mitt Romney. See Aaron Houchin, see Mitt Romney. But that made me curious. Uh, Okay, Tim Ballard, he's saying that he's considering it. He said he's getting a lot of calls from people and it makes it easier for him to think about it. Is he from Utah? Yes. Uh, he was born in Provo, and I think he obviously spent years living other places, serving the government, serving the people of America. And then in 2015, he moved back to Utah. So, yes, it appears he actually is from and lives in Utah. So he would not be a carpetbagger uh, like no. Mitt Romney. He, uh, that definitely would help, I think, people vote for him. And, and look— uh, bottom line is we have no idea what this guy's politics actually are you don't know you know right. where he is on one very publicized issue which should not be political at all no so you have no idea i mean this guy could be super liberal on spending they could be you know whatever i don't know i don't i don't gather that from the interviews i've seen this guy do some of the writings etc but you don't you don't know but again Anyone would be better than Romney Casey. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Well, I think he would offer some really unique insight into the consequences of failed border yeah. policies because he's seen it firsthand. And boy, he's got a story to run on as well. Something that I think would resonate with a lot of voters. All right. So let's take a break. When we come back, voicemails. We've got a voicemail about Hog set from someone who works for the city of Indianapolis, and it's Ooh. fascinating. Okay. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number, if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. It is time to hear from you, your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, so obviously the big news locally is that Hogshead is getting a divorce, and ultimately, I don't care about that. That's between him and his wife outside of two things. Number one, where was he during the riots? And I'm sure she knows. Mm. So to me, it's like, hey, now you're free from this guy. Why don't you tell us where your husband was during the riots? Because he sure wasn't running the city. And two, in that statement, Hawks had basically made it very clear. Oh, it's been such a, the last several years have been such a strain on me and my wife and our family. And so your response to that was, I'm going to run for re-election mm-hmm. again. Yeah, I it, wonder if it'll be uncontested. I, well, it has to be. There's no way she wants, I mean, it, it won't, ha- it wouldn't come out before he's re-elected anyway, but no way. Yeah, she, Mrs. Hogsett wins 100% of all marital assets, right? Um, 
if you're saying that being the mayor is more important than your wife and your family, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, again, you're the voice of reason here. Mm. Wasn't that in that statement what he was kind of copping to? Yeah, but that they've been having problems. Well, he didn't even say they've been having problems. He he said it's been a trying yes. couple of years. No as- kidding. It's been trying for all of us because of people like you. Mm. All right. Uh, so we got a phone call from somebody who claims, purports, I have no reason to doubt this person, that they work for the city of Indianapolis. And I thought this phone call was interesting. I've been in public safety here in Indianapolis for going on 10 years now. And uh, this whole breaking news update, Mayor Hogsett's wife files for divorce. That's all just a bunch of bullshit for sympathy votes because Hogsett knows that he's done this year. That's it. He needs sympathy. Luckily for his wife, she can throw in the towel and leave whenever she wants to. Whereas the rest of us who have to deal with his bullshit, whether it be working for him, underneath him, owning a business here in Indianapolis that's been absolutely destroyed by uh, lack of customers, uh, not pulling in as much revenue because of the surrounding areas filled with homeless people shooting up heroin needles uh, into their arms, literally, as people are walking in the door uh, with their kids. Um, We all have to remain here and deal with him, so... um, I'm almost willing to bet the rest of the money I'll make this year that uh, this was a planned thing for Hog to get some sympathy votes. I don't know about that. No. I mean, I don't. He's not yeah. looking at polling, going, "Oh boy, okay, Stephanie, now I need you to file for divorce, so I look like the victim here." Well, and again, he doesn't need sympathy because he's running against a complete zero in Jefferson Shreve. I mean, the Shreve campaign had an incredible opportunity to totally beat this guy into the dirt, and they have done none of the things necessary to separate himself from Joe Hogsett. In fact, in many cases, such as going after law-abiding gun owners, he's totally lined up with Hogshead. I mean, it's the same picture. Shreve has spent most of his campaign basically lining up with Hogshead on stupid stuff that isn't going to work or is unconstitutional or unlawful and apologizing for Republicans' position on abortion. I mean, it's just like it's the worst campaign imaginable uh, run by a guy who had infinite resources. But this is what happens when you listen to these Marion County establishment people and Joe Hogshead should be vulnerable. But he's not because Jefferson Shreve is a terrible candidate. Well, and you know what? He said the same thing that I had said earlier that, you know, she can leave him and we're going to still be stuck with him to a point. They do have children together. And anybody who's been married with children knows that, well, once that happens, you're together in some form yeah no matter what you know it's interesting i did an interview over the weekend with the washington post yeah and they're working on a story on uh public safety in large cities across america how people are leaving they're not coming back in many cases they're focusing i think most of the story much of the story on indianapolis and was talking with the the reporter who is from here she grew up just literally right down the road uh, we didn't know this until we started talking from from where i grew up and we're, we're similar in age not exactly the same age but close enough and we were talking about how 
much the city has changed compared to when we were younger and how, hey, Indianapolis used to be the kind of place where you could rip roar into downtown, you could have yourself a grand old time, and then you could, with a reasonable degree of expectation, I will get out in one piece. And the thing I told her is I said, for me and many other people, this is a this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. Bart Peterson had a lot of issues. He did a markedly better job with public safety than Joe Hogsett has done, and they're both Democrats. So to me, Greg Ballard, for all the issues I had with him, did a much better job with public safety than Joe Hogsett has done. Mm-hmm. I think that's what gives such credit to many of us who are critical of Hogsett is it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's this guy sucks at his job thing. This guy's not very good at his job, and he's not serious about cleaning the city up, and he has time and again badmouthed the police uh, and and told the criminals, basically, the city's open for business. So to bring this full circle, the only thing I want to know with Hogsett, as it relates to all of this, mm-hmm. from his wife. Where were you? Where were you during the riots? Just tell us where he was. And, I, and that, that's, that is my interest in all of this. Otherwise, I could care less. Well, Hogsett didn't want a public safety director. He said he could do the job himself. Clearly, he's not doing it well. And it, you're saying that in some cases, this isn't the policy. It's the person. Yeah. No, I think it's 100 percent the person. And I I told the reporter this. I said it will not get. I said, think about where we were at during the primary. We were like, hey, everyone should vote for Robin Shackelford because anybody but Hogson. I said, Mm -hmm. that's on the Democrat side because she might not be great, but she can't be any worse than him. Right. Get got to get rid of this guy. All right. Remember uh, Friday, Mm -hmm. we did the story about that place in Oregon. Epic Healing Eugene. Yeah. Is what it's called. They're they're, uh, somehow through state law. You can now consume psychedelics it's america's first licensed psilocybin service center yes and uh magic mushrooms when i asked kev during the break before we did the segment i said kev how do you say this word and i started spelling it i got about three letters in (laughs) and he started shouting aggressively at me psilocybin 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 (laughs) i knew exactly where you were going exactly kev really uh, perked up and uh, we got in a long conversation about uh, great spices and uh, <laughs> dainty treats of the world and, you know, various other things. And we were kind of blown away that this state now has a just a, hey, do drop in. No need to hide your hide your goodies in your under your mattress. The center has a wait list of more than 3000. I people bet it does. It. Yes, it's uh, it includes people with depression, PTSD and end of life dread that yeah, they're trying to help. Uh, so we got a phone call about this. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, I was just listening to a segment where you guys were talking about microdosing. And uh, my son is actually going to IU right now. He's studying uh, psychopharmacology. Um, and the interesting thing about these type of drugs, and just for clarity, I've never taken them. <laughs> they actually are being used to heal the mind rather than beyond like a depression medicine for the rest of your life. These drugs here are designed to actually bring bring about healing and um, and, and and more well-being. Um, it's a it's a very interesting field. As a matter of fact, I, because of my son, I invested in the stock called Cybin, C Y B I N, and I think it's C Y B N on the ticker. But that that's neither here or there. And 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 so I kind of follow the studies that they're doing with the patients and stuff. And it's a very interesting field. And this is from a person who never believed in drugs or anything like that. I, I've always believed that, you know, you just you, you do things that are legal. And um, this is a very interesting field. And I'm hoping 
hopefully this type of medicine, which it is a natural medicine, that they can, you know, uh, help people that are having, you know, psychiatric events and and people that are suffering from depression, anxiety, and it actually helps rewire your mind. It's it's fascinating, actually. Well, congratulations to him and his son. You can tell that he's very proud of his son. All right, Kev, I default to you. Is this guy full of it, or has he got a point? He's he's 100% right. Like, for real? Yeah. I think it's unfortunate that mushrooms get lumped into this broad group of drugs. You know, like, somehow it's lumped in with, like, crystal meth and yeah. all these terrible drugs. But, no, it's it's natural, and it does have its benefits. Okay, so I have a very, very – and I, I, I don't mean to be flippant when I'm asking this. I'm asking out of total naivety. I've never done drugs of any sort uh, that are deemed illegal in the continental United States. Is a mushroom addictive like this other stuff? Like, can you get addicted to mushrooms? Not near – not like uh, you could get it's addicted crack. to like meth yeah, or something. yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's definitely something you want to do in moderation, but it probably also depends on the person. Maybe some people are susceptible to becoming addicted, yeah. but I don't. I wouldn't say that it's an addictive drug. Okay. It's still illegal in the United States, although the FDA in 2018 designated it as breakthrough therapy. And in Colorado last year, the voters there passed a measure to allow it to be regulated starting next year. I think I'm generally on everything. I mean, maybe not everything, everything. But if we're going to license medical providers, that whatever choice you make between you and your medical provider, I mean, as long as it's not like some doctor selling scripts for profiteering, but if you and your licensed medical provider want to make a choice to do something, mm -hmm. I think in about 99% of the cases, I'm 100% all right with that. Well, Maybe 100%. Here's the interesting thing about this, this place in Oregon, which started this story. It's not like mushrooms to go. It's yeah. not like in Michigan where you can do sure. drive-through cannabis or they'll run it out to your car after you order online. This service center, you have to stay there until the drug wears off. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. I just think, hey, look, if we're going to license these people and say they're above reproach, then let's just let patients and people do what see, they want. What, what's see where best. it leads? Yeah, just see what's best for them. Why not? What business is it of, of, of mine? Especially like you said, it's not like Fred's getting out in a car after a, you know, a micro dose or, you know, whatever. And hey, now Fred's operating heavy machinery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in a controlled environment, sounds like. All right, Hammer's next. He has a big announcement, Casey. Oh, right. That's It's going to be amazing. I can't <laughs> wait. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1047. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel show. Good morning. Good morning. And as many of you know, we opened up a merch store. Oh, yes. The Hammer and Nigel merch store. Now, it's a new store, so we had a few uh, kinks early on, but I think we got things rolling now. So if you've made an order, mm -hmm. um, it should either be being fulfilled or out being delivered right now. Oh, excited. So thank you so much for supporting the Hammer and Nigel show. We're not making hardly any money off this thing because we're covering the shipping costs. We just want people to wear the gear. Yeah. Because Lord knows nobody else is going to advertise our show around here except for us. <laughs> so... <laughs> With that being said, we thought we would branch out a oh, little bit. Oh, how exciting. There are two new items yeah. to the Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. Store.hammerandnigel.com. Don't put the WWWs in there. It just makes things confusing. So just store. 
www.hammerandnigel.com. You can bring it up right now. The latest two editions. <laughs> the I Hate Rob Kendall t-shirt. <laughs> and the I Love Rob Kendall t-shirt. Yes! And Casey, you'll notice that both of these shirts, specifically the I Hate Rob Kendall yes. t-shirt, yes. is in teacher red. <laughs> Angry red shirted. I so love now it. you can be an angry red shirted teacher <laughs> wearing the I hate Rob Kendall t shirt, <laughs> or mm-hmm. you could show your affection mm-hmm. to Rob Kendall. I bought both with the I love Rob mm-hmm. Kendall t shirts. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn good looking shirt, especially the I hate Rob Kendall. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting one for myself just to wear to the uh, to the show, mm-hmm. and I'm ordering uh, several I hate Rob Kendalls for my wife as well, so yeah. that she can wear them around the house. Do you have the descriptions? I do. This case, I love these. These are awesome. So this is the I love Rob Kendall. Rob Kendall is the light of this world. He stands up for the common man and sticks it to those in power who want to see your money wasted on frivolity. Show us how much you support his mission with this fashionable I love Rob Kendall tea. Bought one, and then for the other days. Rob Kendall is a major know-it-all blowhard <laughs> who is cantankerous and obnoxious. Get the shirt to show the world how you really feel about Rob Kendall. I wonder which one I'll wear more often. I can't wait to see the breakdown of sales. Oh, yeah. Like, how many I hate Rob Kendall t-shirts will be mm-hmm. sold compared to how many I love and, Rob Kendall? And we want to see if you buy one of these, whichever one you buy, and you send it to me, even if you're Eric Holcomb, I will retweet you wearing mm-hmm. either the I hate or I love Rob Kendall t-shirts. And quite frankly, I hope we sell more hates than loves, but yeah. we'll see where the, where the dominoes fall. I think I had the opportunity to actually wear both t-shirts in the same day. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like whenever, you know, the show starts, you mm-hmm. could show support with the yeah. I love I Rob love, shirt. Yeah. And then about halfway through when he starts doing Rob Kendall things, yeah. right. you can rip it off like right. Hulkamania yeah. and have exactly. the I hate I Rob hate. Kendall. Yeah. So store.hammerandnigel.com. Mm-hmm. Feel free to put that out on your social yep. media so people can buy. I've got it. Uh, the I hate Rob Kendall is now up at Robin Kendall on Twitter. The link to purchase the I hate Rob Kendall t-shirt. Is what up. a great gift for the holidays. Yes, <laughs> if you've got a teacher in your family... Yeah. If you've got somebody that just can't stand the way Rob Kendall rips on Republicans. I hate that guy. Then you can buy an I hate Rob Kendall t-shirt. Or Mm -hmm. if you're somebody that's like, you know what? Rob says all the things that we want to say. He catches a lot of crap for it. You can give Rob Kendall some support by buying the I love Rob Kendall t-shirt. Also, so I'm thinking like maybe I should get one for the Brownsburg superintendent and drop one off at his (laughs) office. Christmas gifts. You should like deliver I hate Rob Kendall t-shirts <laughs> to all of the people. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, put a little card in there. Your head best of, customer is going to be Rob Kendall. Head of the, <laughs> <laughs> Rob Kendall ordered 7,000 of his own shirts. It's like Hunter Biden on his horrible book. <laughs> wow, it's the number one bestseller. Who bought all the copies? Hunter Biden. Uh, speak, uh, look, and this is a feel-good moment, and you can see it all at Robin Kendall, uh, maybe at Hammer and Nigel. We'll put it up here in a little bit uh, as well. And uh, let's go from feel-good to just terrible, 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 terrible miscarriages of justice. You and I got screwed last night. So we had the over on that Sunday night football game, yes. the Dolphins at the Patriots. Should have been over anyway. Two missed field goals, yep. two turnovers in the red zone. Yep. 
but we still had a chance late in the game. Patriots are driving. We're within a minute. There's this amazing hook and ladder. It was like the final scene of Varsity Blues (laughs) where Billy Bob (laughs) catches the ball in the air and runs it in. The big fella for the Patriots catches the ladder. His lateral is moving for the first down. I think he gets it. Oh, he gets it. There's no thinking to it. They go to the replay booth. And they say no. Yeah. And that ends the drive. Drive killer. You know, it's great that they let Don Shula ref the game last <laughs> night because Dan Don Shula or Dan Marino or who's the Mercury Morris are, are about the only people who didn't see that guy getting the first down. I have I had the sound down, but uh, obviously was watching intently. And, uh, you know, I texted you some things I can't say on this radio show thinking we had gotten that first down. And then... Like, what What could those guys have been looking at? Offici- officiating stinks in the NFL. And give the big fella a break. Yes! Give the big guy with the ball the break. Because he had to pick up two or three yards, and by God, I thought the he did. The crowd would have erupted in applause, even if you didn't think he got it. The crowd would have erupted. It was a Patriots home game for crying out loud. There were some crazy bad beats in gambling this past weekend. Now, I had a pretty good weekend. Um, I was 4-0 during the day section of college football. Casey, did your uh, boy toy tell me in college football this weekend? You know what? I, all I know is that he made a mistake bet. <laughs> he was confessing up and he said, oh, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a $25 bet and I made a $205 okay. bet, which he lost. Which Because when he loses on one of my bets, I hear it right away yeah. when I come in here. Yeah. But when I'm undefeated during the day stretch, it's crickets in here. It's like church on Christmas. Do you do you call Emily and say, sorry, you can't finish your senior year? <laughs> right. we, we Christmas is canceled this year. Exactly. <laughs> but I got a I hate Rob Kendall t-shirt. <laughs> but uh, there were some bad breaks along the way. So if you were an over better in that yeah, Purdue-Syracuse game, oh, yeah. kind of like the Patriots game, Purdue fumbles on the one-yard mm, line, yep. getting ready to bring it in couple turnovers in the red zone couple missed kicks and then late in the game Syracuse their quarterback has a wide open touchdown but decides to just take the slide to run out the clock Casey you'd kind of like betting the over because that way you can just cheer for everyone you you don't have to pick you don't have to pick a side you're cheering for all the players I I cheer based on what color their uniform is imagine the Purdue better Syracuse better Mm -hmm. that had the over he's gonna do it he's gonna run for a touchdown on the final play Mm-hmm. And then he gets in the open field and just takes a slide that's to where, run out the clock. That's where you need the recording of the lady on the plane. That MFR is not real. <laughs> Whose parents weekend at Purdue this weekend, by the way? Store.hammerandnigel.com. Get your I Hate Rob Kendall t-shirts or <laughs> I Love Rob Kendall t-shirt. Perfect for the teacher in your house. What's coming up this afternoon? Monday, Gunday, Guy Relford's with us. Nigel's taking sick day number 850. And it is Moonshine Monday. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.